0: Okay.
1: Me, mama, mama, me.
0: <clears throat> Teeth, the tongue, the lips, the... Jesus. Podcast. podcast.
1: Doe, a deer. A female deer.
0: Man, talk radio. Yes, talk radio. It's so boring, man.
1: Okay. Morrissey knocks it loose and Shifley's on it. On for Wheeler. Wheeler with a little bit of room. Has Shifley with him. Leaves it. Back The Wheeler. Scores!
2: Maybe it's the crazy
0: Wednesday, December 18th, 2019. I am James Cole of the Laced Up Hockey
2: Podcast.
1: And I'm Bruce Battaglia, the worldwide leader in sports, ESP. Now, uh, uh, what is it? The North Side. Uh, the North Side. You should know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This Laced Up Hockey Podcast.
0: Moving on up to the North
1: Side. Yeah, I think you've made that joke before. Have I? I think oh, so. Oh, well, that's too bad.
0: I thought so. I thought I was saving that one in my back pocket for a mm-hmm. rainy day. Yeah, well, For an odd Wednesday. As
1: we've mentioned before on the show, your memory is starting to fade, and it might be time for a, a, a routine brain scan, perhaps, at the hospital. Wouldn't hurt. Couldn't hurt. No. Nope. No. Might nope. help. Yeah. yeah, very good chance it yeah. might help. there you go. Uh, at least alleviate some stress off your poor girlfriend and get Get out ahead family. of this thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good thing we caught it early. It. Yeah. Well, what is it? Yeah. Um, early onset.
0: So, uh, so this is this is a Wednesday. Yeah. And this is not normal for us nope. or anyone. Well,
1: didn't we used to do Wednesdays? No, we did Thursdays. Yeah. I guess mostly. This is this is a hump day episode for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, didn't get a chance to get uh, together on Sunday. Nah. It was too busy.
1: It's a holiday season.
0: And we knew that Hall would get traded, yeah. so we, we held off.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I, I, like, I'm like i not going to lie, though. Like, as much as we, like, you made the joke on Twitter about how, um, you know, we didn't record because we knew Hall was going to get traded. But, like, Chris Johnston did say on Friday that Taylor Hall will not make it, like, further than Monday Yeah, as a member of the New Jersey Devils. And lo and behold... Monday afternoon, he's traded. Yeah. So like we did actually kind of know it was probably going to happen. Like I, I take I take Chris Johnston's word, uh, like it's the gospel. You know what I mean? Like I I if he says something, I believe him. You know. That's fair. And and we'll get to the uh, the trade details in a second. But just, I'm just a sheep. I you want can just to spoon uh, feed me any information that they want.
0: I wanted to start off by asking you something. Yeah. Um, I want to get your. Uh, your take on the Rolling Stones' uh, list of the top 150 Simpsons episodes that came out today? I know you had some
1: harsh words earlier, and uh, why would the Rolling Stones make a list about the best Simpsons episodes? It was my first issue because the Rolling Stones are in an episode of The Simpsons, and like, wouldn't that just be number one and number two, and it would be all of 150? I'm
0: sure they'd show some be- uh, some love to the Beatles.
1: I couldn't believe earlier this morning because I was so tired. And you look at me and you're like, the Rolling Stones made a list of the top 150, uh, Simpsons episodes. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Why does Mick Jagger care about the Simpsons? Mick Jagger's on the tour bus, just... No! Yes!
0: No! <laughs> no! Um... No- <laughs> not funny!
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: you, you get it. Um, but you're, you're a Simpsons fan, uh, you, you briefed this list, uh, earlier today and, uh... ...had some objections with it... ...I don't know the series as well as you do... ...I've, I've seen a handful of episodes... ...and... Um, ...you you think that... Uh, ...this was an, a, a... disjustice to the series... Uh, ...I just like... I, I,
1: ...I really don't think that whoever did this list... ...is a Simpsons fan... ...because hmm. like... ...I just... ...I don't... ...like I think... ...I think a lot... Of, ...like most of the episodes in the top 100... ...are like... ...deserved to be in the top 100... Like, it's pretty obvious when an Like, when an episode's just funny, like, every... Like, you know, sense of humor is subjective. But, like, the the reason... Like, what makes a good comedy episode is something that, like, a lot of people can get behind a lot of it. You know what I mean? Something that I think the collective find, like, very smart, very funny. Like, to me, that's... You know what I mean? That would be, like, a good way to evaluate it. And, like, I don't know, man. Like, it it might be my bias... But, like, for example, like, King Size Homer, the episode where he gains weight to go on disability so he doesn't have to work anymore, is, like, 88th. It's a top 50 episode. Now, it's my... Like, number 97 is my favorite episode, so, like, I'm being partial to say that it should be higher. But it should be higher. Which is... Well, yeah. It's the episode that... It is the first episode of season 9, and it is... When Homer's car is... Because Barney left it at World Trade Center Plaza in a drunken stupor. So Homer has to pay these tickets to get the boot taken off of it. So he can, like, take the car home. So he goes to the car to pay the parking officer. And, like, the parking officer's not there. And he has to spend the whole day in New York. And he fucking hates New York. So it's like a bunch of New York jokes. But it's a brilliant episode. Like, it's it's a great episode. And uh, it's my favorite. And I think most people I've talked to... Think it's a really good episode, and I th- I think it should be a lot higher. Okay. But to me, like the number one episode, I I can't remember what it is. I got to scroll and find it here. Do you have it there?
0: Oh right, uh, it's the Lisa versus the Monorail or Marge versus the
1: Monorail. Great episode. I don't think it's the best episode. Okay. I I I think it's a top twenty, but I don't think it's the best. Okay. Lisa the vegetarian, like give me a fucking break. That that that's not number two it's it, I'm not even sure that that's a top 50 like it's just like you know like it's a good show and it's a hard show to to like evaluate because like we did our top 10 Seinfeld episodes last season and Seinfeld's a great show obviously, but there are like five ten episodes that kind of rise above a little bit and you know what I mean are are very popular in the in the zeitgeist of of popular culture. The Simpson has so many. A, because they have so many episodes, but B, because the first nine, ten seasons were just gold. You know what I mean? Everything was great. The people who love it, like, I think it's got more of a dedicated following than a lot of shows do. There are a lot of people that live and breathe Simpsons. And that's great. So, but I, I just, I don't think this list does the show justice. I'm annoyed. That, I think it's bullshit. And yeah.
0: That being said, it, like, do you think it's possible to make a good, like, top episodes list? Of this, or are you always going to piss somebody off? I can do it. You can. You can do it. I'll do it. And please the masses. Let's
1: do it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh um, you got a lot of watching to do. Apparently. Uh, I mean like I don't know when we're gonna do it because we got all of our top tens are tied up this month. And then we got movie top tens in February. Yeah. So
0: I got twenty eight seasons to watch. Well
1: so. and a news flash. If we're gonna do a top ten, you only need to watch the first like nine as nine seasons. Oh okay. Seasons. Good snow. Yeah. Good snow. Nothing beyond that's cracking the top ten.
0: Oh fantastic. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Okay, well uh all that being said, uh, just uh, maybe I don't... will
1: compliment the list. Uh, Rosebud is number three. Rosebud is a top ten episode Rosebud. for sure. Oh, so good! Did I mention that one to you? You know no. what that? Have you seen that one? I've seen Citizen Kane. Rosebud is the episode where, um, um, like it's it's a Citizen Kane spoof essentially. Uh, Mister Burns is trying to track down his long lost teddy bear. And he's willing to give up his fortune to get his bear back because that's how much he loves his little bear. Oh, and uh, that's nice. It's a great episode. It's that's really, fantastic. it's really funny. It's one of their better episodes for sure. I believe it's a Conan O'Brien episode too. Okay, yeah. does Orson Welles appear in it or uh, probably not? No, long dead. Not many live action shots in that series. No, way. no. I. To my knowledge, only one episode has one. But <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, that being said, uh, maybe we should all just stop going to the Rolling Stones or the Rolling Stone for our uh, TV ranking list uh, opinions, you know, moving forward here. Yeah. They don't seem to know what they're doing. It's a fucking music magazine, isn't it?
1: Yeah. What are we talking about here? Yeah. It's like us talking
0: about TV shows. Um, How dare you? So, yeah. So, to kind of get back to where we were at the beginning of the episode here, Taylor Hall uh, traded to the Arizona Coyotes. Um what did you think about him going we're to Arizona?
1: Th- we're gonna talk about hockey this week. Yeah. Um what do I think about him going to Arizona? Was it surprising? A little bit. I'm not gonna lie yeah. to you. I kinda underrated uh John Chaik's ability to pull off a move like that. Um like he got Kessel and I get that, but like I don't know, there's something there's something else with Hall there. Like I don't this was not a move that they had to make and I think they kinda had to make the Kessel move in a way. But with Taylor Hall, like, because this is potentially a pure rental, it's surprising. Like, uh, it's surprising.
0: Was the cost high? um, I'll update here. Blake Spears also going with Taylor Hall to Arizona in exchange for a 2020 conditional first-round draft pick, a conditional 2021 third-rounder, and forwards Nate Schnarr, Nick Merkley, and defenseman Kevin Ball. That, That is a lot to take in because there's some names that you recognize that you probably have forgotten about. There's some names that you probably don't recognize because you've never heard of these guys and then both picks being conditional is a little wishy-washy in terms of what the devils are actually going to get out of this at the end of the day.
1: I don't... I, I can't imagine how poor all the other offers were because like if this was their best offer, I I, I, I don't know. Like, like you, you have to trade him. I understand that, but wouldn't it have made more sense just to wait some time and see maybe if his value does go up? Like, if he can start playing and scoring left and right and, you know, like... It's just to, like, for a player like Taylor Hall, this isn't an amazing return. No,
0: uh, and uh, we should add that uh, half his salary is retained by the the Devils, mm-hmm. so the Coyotes are getting him at a bargain at uh, only three million dollars against the cap. But um, no, you're right. It it is, it's it's not overwhelming in terms of what you know the Devils are getting for a player of his caliber. Um, there's there's some potential here. Like let's let's not kid ourselves. Like the the Devils could walk away from this with the top, you know, uh, two first round draft picks at the end of the day, if if everything kind of falls into place here, but, um, it's, it's certainly not, you know, let's, it's funny because it's, a, it's, it's more than what they, you know, gave up to get Hall. So in that respect, that's the thing, right? You know? Know? Like,
1: like that, that's where I'm at with it because, you know, the fact that they, they gave up Adam Larson to get Taylor Hall is even funnier when you consider the fact that they were almost able to get Taylor Hall for John Merrill. Like, they almost didn't even have to give up Adam fucking Larson to get Taylor Hall when they initially got him. Like, they got him at an absolute low, you would assume, for him. Like, I can't imagine the Oilers could have ever even, you know, his value could have gone down that much more. But it's just like, it is an asset that maybe you turned into a bigger asset than they were at the time. And you kind of turn around and trade them for not that much. I I, I don't know. Like I think this is why and we've been kind of talking about this a lot this season. This is kind of why I'm over Ray Shiro, I think, in New Jersey. Is, you know, you get Subban cheap, and I understand that. And you get Gusev, and you get these players. But, like, did they really, really believe that they were going to be contenders this year? I think because so. It, it, because they probably should have traded Hall in the offseason. Because they probably would have got more for him. And now here, we sit here, and it's, you know, their best player, largely their best player, is gone with... I'm not thrilled with any of these pieces at all. Like, if the biggest name coming back is Kevin Ball, and we're talking about a guy who, from my understanding, is big, and that's it. Like, that is mostly... That's that's his, like... Shtick? Yeah, that's his, like... Crown achievement. 6-6. This is when you go... You know, when you go watch player, oh, he's got unbelievable hands, or he's got unbelievable speed, and Kevin Ball, yeah, he's really big. Oh, that's good. So is Taco Fall. So is Yao Ming. Like, who gives a shit? You know?
0: Yeah, no, well, I mean, I guess there's, there's like, you know, an argument to be made here that a few of these guys are still... You don't know what you have. I mean, uh, Ball's only 19. um, Schnarr's 20. um, Merkley... He's a guy. He's a first round guy that you know. I think a lot of us kind of thought, yeah, there might be something there, but he he's already twenty two. So like on
1: one on one hand, I want to say we already know what Merkley is, but on another hand, it's like, well, I don't know, man. Fucking Anthony Duclair looks <laughs> like pretty good yeah. right now. You know what I mean? You know, like how many times we write him off and how many teams has he played for? And you know, like I don't know. Maybe he, he Merkley may... finds his game, but yeah, I'm I'm I, th- I think he fell down the depth chart in Arizona quick. I'm pretty. See, but that's the thing. Like, how do you fall down that depth chart on a they, team that doesn't have, like, God, they got great... Some, they like
0: some pretty good young pieces, you know, come up really quick through the system. And, you know, Ke- Keller jumps in right away. Dvorak oh, makes an impact. Michael so. Grabner.
1: Like, like, oh come they, on. you got to find room for a guy like that. Like, I haven't been really thrilled with their bottom six. Like, it's, it's not bad. But if Merkley's good, like, shouldn't we be given what, Richardson a night off here or there, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, some of their bottom six guys. It's just, like, I don't know.
0: I don't know. Like, they they got young pieces. Like, they, they acquire Nick Schmaltz. They they acquire Lawson Krause. And then you got you got guys like Fisher and Keller and Dvorak, like I said, that just forced their way into that lineup. And I think Merkley just saw his spot and his opportunity kind of slowly drop and drop and drop to the point where I don't think the Coyotes wanted him to play or five minutes for for what his skill set entails. And you know, this is this is someone that maybe the devils can salvage at twenty two, get some usage out of perhaps. I'm not I'm not saying he's he's you know the the prize, you know stud in, in the trade here or anything like that, but I, I think he's a guy that this might kinda save his career and give him an opportunity to actually well, play in the NHL. I,
1: I'm I'm always a big fan of a guy getting another opportunity when they've worn out their welcome. Um, I, I'm not really sure what it is with Merkley. I just, I have my doubts big time.
0: No, fair enough. But,
1: but like I said, Schnarr
0: and Ball, both guys that are 20 and under. A lot like lot really like, to grow there.
1: Going back to what we said too, though, last week about the Devils is like, you know, there should be no shortage of opportunity for Merkley in New Jersey. Cause like, you know. Yeah. Or, oh yeah. We're going to keep sticking 27 year old Kevin Rooney out there instead of a 22 year old kid you just gave up the best player in your franchise for. Okay. You know. Most talented offensive player you guys have had in about six, seven years, and you traded him for Nick Merkley. So let's let's go here, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, so we'll have to see how those those guys play out for the Devils. Uh, I think the big thing here for them is is the draft picks. Um, so the first the first rounder of this year um, is lottery protected, which is I guess kind of ironic when you're talking about a Taylor Hall trade. But uh, if it if it's top three. The Devils will have to wait. I, I think it's more or less a foregone conclusion that the Coyotes are going to make the playoffs, so that won't be an, a concern. Um, but it, it's the conditional third that's that's got some people kind of confused. Um, can upgrade to a second if the Coyotes win a playoff series, or if Hall resigns in Arizona, or is upgraded to a first if both events occur. Mm-hmm. Um, I like their chances at winning a playoff series. I don't love their chances at re-signing Hall. Is there any chance he stays in Arizona? Can they can they talk him into the desert?
1: I mean, one thing that works against um, the Coyotes, and like I, I just I don't really know how anyone could see it otherwise, is they 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 are fine at center, but they don't have any any stars at center. Like they're, they're not stars. The closest thing that they have to a Number one center, in my opinion, is probably Derek Stepan, and he's been playing a little bit below what he should be doing. Their best centerman this year has been Christian Dvorak, who is at best a good second line center, I would say. Um, yeah, but he's not a first line guy. You're looking at a guy who is probably closer to Matt Stajan in his prime than he is to, you know, fucking Evgeny Malkin. You know, so. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm skeptical on that because I think that that's a big issue. When you're a really talented winger, you want to know that when the cards are on the, you know, when the chips are down and the game is tied with two minutes left, that your coach can toss you out there with someone who, you know, is going to help you. Is someone who's going to have a lot of skill, going to be able to bail you out? I don't really think the Coyotes have a guy like that, and that's a problem for me. And I don't really know where they're getting one in the immediate future. Um, you know they got good prospects in the pipeline oh, but Bar- Hayden um, looks like he could be the guy yeah, yeah. I, I like Barrett Hayden a lot I think Barrett, Barrett Hayden's really good but you know that hurts I think and and that's a big thing you know uh, I, I've heard people mention they don't have a rink for next year or you know they they've never had a rink like they, 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 when was the last time they had a rink deal like more than two years in advance like it just doesn't happen they never have a rink so i'm not I'm not overly concerned about stuff like that. Um, you know, concerns within the ownership and things like that. I, I don't know. I, I, I think those things have a way of working themselves out. You know, the Coyotes haven't been a disaster for a long time, and I, I don't see them becoming one anytime soon, especially with John Chayka at the helm. He knows what he's doing. So I think that there are reasons to resign there. I understand why people are skeptical. But if I were Taylor Hall, I would be definitely considering it.
0: Really okay, yeah. um, you, I mean, like this is a first place team right now as as it stands as of today. They are uh, first place in the Pacific, and uh, say what you will about that division. You know, it's on paper. It looks like it's the weakest division, but uh, they're there, and and that that's that's you know the situation right now for them. Um, and you got Taylor Hall coming from the last place Devils, so um, it's obviously a huge transition. I. I don't see how he doesn't hit free agency and just, you know, get himself in a situation. where I he think he owes it make... to himself to yeah.
1: talk to some other teams, regardless yeah. of where he got traded. Um, you know, maybe he still gets traded again this year. Like, who the hell, who Who knows? But I think he owes it to himself to at least listen. Because um, here's one thing about Taylor Hall that I don't really think anyone can dispute in any way, shape, or form. That guy has put up with a lot of shit in his career. A lot. And I think he owes it to himself to go and answer some phone calls and say, alright, you're going to give me $100 million, what else are you going to give me? Like, let's let's hear what else I'm getting mm. out of this, too. Yeah. I think he owes it himself to, to get completely wined and dined, and, you know, good now, for him.
0: Here's here's an interesting um, scenario that I'm, I'm not saying is, is going to happen or is even likely to happen, but we saw him... Uh, Come out the last, you know, day with some comments about his time in New Jersey, and he, he genuinely seemed to enjoy, you know, what what he accomplished there. You know, MVP, um, his first playoff taste um, of his career. What are the chances this guy goes back there in free agency? Like, if can the Devils sway him back? Like, you've got Jack Hughes. You, you might have another top five pick this year, another mid, you know, to, to late first-round pick as well. Um, you could be ad- adding some real good pieces here sure. to a team that might be looking to contend sooner than later.
1: Yeah. Well, there's at least one team, if I'm Taylor Hall, that I would want to go to less than New Jersey, so I mean, that's fine. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I would listen to it. I think you're a little bit higher on the Devils than I am at this point moving forward, but, um, you know, I, I I wouldn't consider it. But... Um, it's possible he does. I don't see it happening though. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. I think his time in New Jersey is done, and, uh,
0: and and always an interesting scenario for me though. is I I like the idea of a guy jumping ship to go chase the cup to come back home after. And I'm not saying New Jersey's home for him. He wasn't there long, mm-hmm. but it 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 always you know it's been in the back of my mind. I, I it's kind of. Fun watching those kind of things. Ryan Smith was, you know, kind of an example of that. Yeah, wanted to come back to Edmonton so badly. Just well,
1: you know, the good news for Taylor Hall is that you know Arizona's not far from Colorado, and there's plenty of time to go and look at uh, places to live for, for when you're uh, looking for a place in six months. Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's your uh, your Taylor He's be Hul-
1: checking out open houses on his days off.
0: Your your Taylor Hall wrap. Uh, we uh, deck the hall, if you will. Uh, hall and Yotes. Uh, many, many uh, uh, puns to be made um, after that. See, drink. this is why
1: we got to start doing video versions of the podcast. I wish people could see my face right now.
0: Yeah, oh, no, it's something.
1: Ugh. Deck the hall.
0: Um, some more coaching news to get into, and I'm—I I don't know okay. about you. I'm getting kind of tired about the. I didn't
1: check the breakdown again this the, week, so yeah. I'm really interested. I don't. I, again, I'm like the listener here. I'm just on for the ride.
0: Fair enough. I, I'm, I'm kind of getting sick and tired of, of the, the whole who are we going to talk about this week coaching thing that has okay. kind of been taking over the league uh, the past month I think it's all stuff that needs to be said it's just getting like kind of insert coach X into scenario Y here, and here,
1: discuss here's what I'll, I'll, I'll say to, to somewhat piggyback off of what you just said I'm getting sick of the fact that everyone feels a need that they have a place to have an opinion on it as well like, everyone feels like that they can also, you know, Brent Sopel says this, and, and you know, Jack1992 at Jack 1992 on Twitter says, like, yeah, Mark Crawford's a fucking asshole, and the guy has, like, 43 followers and has, you know, watches, like, 41 hockey games a year on television, and, like, that. that's it. Like, I, we don't all need to comment on what these players went through. It's their story, and it's not about us. And I feel like people are finding the need to, like, pile on guys that they don't like because they used to coach the fucking team that they used to cheer against or used to coach their team. And they didn't like the way that they ran the bench. And like, uh, I, like we don't need to all have our own fucking opinion. Like this isn't about us. It's about the players. It's about the coaches. It's about the culture. And you know, the only thing I would say is unless we're doing anything to help change the culture, we don't need to trash every single fucking person story that comes through.
0: No, oh, definitely. Yeah. It's, there, there or are defend there or are anything. those that take it you know way too far and and uh, you know maybe don't know exactly what they're talking about and I, I don't I don't even know if we can sit here and, and say that we know what we're talking about uh, all the time so um, it, it definitely has to be taken with a grain of salt but uh, but where I was going with this is that you know as as much as I am getting tired with um, you know this this kind of weekly trend of you know who we're we going to talk about next uh, it, it is good to hear. Um, Some stories of of positivity when they come out And uh, one did uh, in Mark Crawford Who uh, apparently um, has been seeking help for uh, most of the last decade uh, To deal with anger management To deal with um, his his own personal issues involving the way he's treated guys in the past Before any of this came out we're, We're talking 10 years ago um and uh as a result the blackhawks are going to have him back and and you know behind the bench uh in a couple weeks here yeah and um i i wanted to mention this one off the hop because i thought it was kind of it it did show that you know the opposite side of things where we're you know for every you know bill peters we've there's a mark crawford out there that you know recognizes when he's done something wrong and and we'll go these lengths to make sure that doesn't happen again. And I hope it doesn't happen again. I hope he's in a place now in his career and his life where um, he can he can recognize you know, what he's done and, and, and why it was wrong and, and how to prevent those from happening again. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Mark Crawford, uh, who at one point we didn't really know how that was going to play out. We didn't know if he had a, a job moving forward. Seems like he's... Uh, you know, more or less uh, in the clear, so to speak, and uh, um, soon to be behind the bench again.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's important, um, you know, to to understand that. Uh, you know, like to go back to what I was saying earlier is with a lot of these guys, we are dealing with human beings, and and you know maybe maybe us judging these people and forgetting that they're human beings isn't the most important instance of forgetting, you know, the humanity factor in all this, and maybe the more important thing is, you know, the coach forgetting that the player he's treating like shit is also a human, you know, and, you you know, you can say that too, and all, all I would say on this is, you know, even as someone who has always wanted to like Mark Crawford, you know, I do understand that, these are guys and, and, you know, in the heat of the moment, in the heat of the sport, things get worked up. It's not to say what Mark Crawford did was right, because it's not. But I think it's important for him to, you know, it's important for us to understand that Mark got to a point roughly 10 years ago where he said, you know, this isn't working for me. This isn't working for anyone. I can't treat people like this, and whether he's, whether he's only treating people like this at work or if it's also at home, or maybe it's just at work. But it shouldn't be happening. Um, he took steps to... Try to become a better person. And I think that that's the main thing. Is that... You know, he was pro proactive about that. And I think that's really all... We should be looking for in, in his instance. Is just, you know... The, the, the ability to move on. Become a better person. He's tried to do that. Whether or not it succeeded, I don't know. I don't know him personally... But I, I wish him all the best, and um, I, I'm happy to hear that, you know, he he has changed, because by all accounts, a lot of people have said that he's a different person than the one that you describe right? Um, in the stories of the early 2000s, late 90s, you know, and, um, you know, he's, he's an older, he's a, he's an older guy, like, he played in an era where, you know, things, things were a lot more fucked yeah. up, and yeah. he learned, maybe learned the wrong way. And at some point had that moment where he kind of realized, you know, this can't be right. Like this, this doesn't make sense, you know.
0: Right. No, for sure.
1: Um, so yeah, good.
0: Good to see him uh, kind of, you know, bounce back and in, in, in terms of you know where he was maybe a week ago, and uh, that the Blackhawks are going to you know stick with him and, and move forward here, and uh, you know see see how that plays out. Uh, on the flip side, Pete DeBoer and Jim Montgomery were both let go this past week. Yeah. Uh, from their respective clubs. Uh, Pete DeBoer, uh, last I heard, uh, was a you know hockey decision. Yep. Yeah. A uh, performance related issue, not not anything to do with behind the scenes no. stuff. Whereas Jim Montgomery seems to be the complete opposite. Yeah, a guy fired at kind of you know the peak of the season for the Dallas Stars when things were on track and going well. Yeah, and we still last uh, last we heard uh, don't know uh, the exact details of Montgomery's firing, um, only that it came out you know within you know twenty four hours of the NHL coming forward with this whole code of conduct uh, policy and uh, how they're going to uh, address hiring coaches and staff moving forward, and uh, so the Dallas Stars have moved on from him. Um, I guess let's start with DeBoer because I I think that's, you know, a a hockey-related, you know, issue here. Um,
1: Surprised about the firing? DeBoer? Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, the Sharks clearly haven't been playing great hockey this season. They went on a little bit of a stretch there, but, I mean, I I think you have to take winning streaks with a grain of salt sometimes and understand that, you know, you, you can't be on a winning streak all season. To me... I think that this was a team where they clearly needed to make a change at some point and um, they're supposed to have a de- decent roster and they're not playing that well. The goaltending for whatever reason has fallen off the face of the fucking earth the last year and a half. And not that Aaron Dell's anything to shake a stick at, but Martin Jones used to be a pretty good goaltender and you know, I've said it before on this podcast, I'll say it again. I don't I don't think I've ever seen a professional athlete um have the bottom fall out from underneath them quite the way that Martin Jones did. And at some point there needs to be some more of an explanation to that. They do give up a decent amount of high-danger scoring chances, but they also don't get a lot of high-danger saves. So, uh, I don't know. Like, like this was a move that I understood it. I will say this. Um, unless DeBoer lost the room... I don't think that they made an upgrade here coaching-wise. They definitely downgraded in, in what, they, what they did. Um, but yeah, what, Bob, are gonna, Bob what are you going to do? takes over behind the bench. Yeah, right? I'm, I wasn't a fan of the hiring in Florida, and I'm not a fan of the hiring in San Jose. I, I don't see it with him. Yeah.
0: Hired, yeah. Uh, promoted from within, we should add. Yeah. Uh, um. I don't know. I guess there's a lot of guys in the market, but no one that you'd really want to chase down. I, no, I, I mean, like, oh,
1: there's definitely worse options than Bob Bugner, yeah. but um, I don't see Bob Bugner being a Stanley Cup winning coach for the San Jose Sharks. Not a guy to turn this season it. around, at least. No. no. The boogeyman. Yeah. Um, Aren't you supposed to be afraid of the boogeyman,
0: too? That's That's probably not a, a good way to, you know, headline his tenure as a Coach,
1: <laughs> fuck over under on Bob Bugner. eight hundred games over six thirty. Oh. Okay. I thought he had a silver stick. I'm not gonna lie to you. Really I thought he was a thousand game guy. I didn't think he was quite there, but around the mark. In those six hundred and thirty games, he had seventy two points. Nice. Not a big, uh, not a big scorer, Bob no. Bugner.
0: No, no. Uh, good thing he's taking over the offensive powerhouse San Jose Sharks. Uh-huh. Uh, Jim Montgomery. Uh, your thoughts on this one? This is still, as we record, I kind of murky because we can't really say for sure what happened. But something happened. And uh, unprofessional conduct is how the Dallas Stars
1: worded it. All I can think of is that radio interview. But aside from that, I don't know what they could be referring to. Um cuz it's just it's bizarre if you think about it it's like the players liked him. and that's okay like that's not everything though and there was no criminal investigation or anything criminal involved apparently so it's like okay so he you know like supposedly it was a, it was an event is how they worded it it was an event and the Dallas Stars didn't really have any like public events going on that weekend the only thing I can think of is the somewhat bizarre radio interview that he gave where, you know, people listen to it and it kind of sounds like he's pissed up when he's doing the interview. But, like, apparently this was a th- like just kind of a gag phone call that this radio station in Dallas used to do year by year with coaches. And I never really looked into it, to be honest with you. I don't know if that's true or not. But I've heard that. And the interview is kind of bizarre. But... Um, <laughs> You know, it's, I I don't know. Like, I, I don't think it's enough to fire a guy. So, I don't, scenes, I don't, I don't, I don't really get it. All I will say on the Montgomery thing, and I know this isn't why he got fired, but I did allude to it on last week's episode that I wouldn't be shocked if he got fired this year. Because I don't really know that he is the reason that Dallas has had more defensive success. Um, and I don't. I don't, there's something about him I never, I've never really bought as a great head coach either. They're very inconsistent, um, although they did look like they could do damage in the playoffs last year and have since dug themselves out of a catastrophic hole this year. So, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know what to think of Jim Montgomery. He is going to go down as one of the most mysterious eras of a head coach in the last 20 years. Cause it's I don't know what to make of his time in Dallas. Yeah, it is a very very bizarre legacy that he's going to leave behind here.
0: I can't remember the last time a, a a team sitting third place in a conference fired a a, a head coach midseason. Um, so you'd have to assume that there's there's a bigger picture here. There's a bigger story somewhere. Uh, Jim Neal knows something, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, the players sure don't seem to understand it. Uh, Jamie Benn um, addressed the media after the firing and said, you know, we're, we're all kind of wondering what happened here. We'd all like some answers. And, yeah. and, Tyler uh, Sagan
1: said that he hoped that he would be the last head coach that he ever had. He wanted to play for Jim Montgomery yeah. forever. Yeah, And to me, that's just because he c- clearly seemed to treat at least his stars very well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was treating everyone in that room well, and maybe that ends up being what, you know. Yeah. It is not necessarily a situation of abuse, but maybe he was sure. being unfair, and they found that unprofessional. Like I really don't know.
0: The NCAA uh, history also could play a part in this, because uh, the NCAA, um, at least in the hockey front, has always been difficult when it comes to releasing information and, and things getting out and um, so maybe we're looking at something that happened many moons ago, as opposed to with the Dallas stars.
1: But... I'm, I'm pretty sure. Cause I mean, like this happened what a week ago now well, it was probably over a week ago. It was right after we released. So, you know, but I'm pretty sure I remember them saying that this was something that had happened over the weekend. Oh, really? Like this was something that had just happened. Okay. Um, Yeah, because I'm sure we would know more about it if it was a path. Like, it's just, to me, it's got to be an isolated incident. You know what I mean? Like, it's got to be something that was recent, and uh, the people in the organization know about it, and maybe not a lot of people do. Like, just not a very public thing. Sure. Because I feel like things would have come out by now. Fair I don't know. It's it's a really bizarre it's a really bizarre legacy he leaves behind. I got to tell you too, not to try to make light of Jim Montgomery here. Uh, I'm looking at his playing statistics. I don't think I have ever seen such a bizarre um, stat line of playing statistics. It was like oh, he played five games in the NHL this year, and then the next year he played in Denmark. And it's what the fuck? Like, this guy just hopped around everywhere. There was no rhyme or reason to where he went or where he played. It's bizarre. It's all bizarre. It, it seems How biz- bizarre? It seems How bizarre.
0: bizarre. Um, and taking over after 16 long years without a head coaching job,
1: uh, Rick Boners. Yeah. Boners. But, whoa. Rick, what'd you call him? Bonus. I, th- I thought you called him Rick Boners. <laughs>
0: I was going to say Rick Bronus, but... <laughs> like, like, my what
1: a mature thing to do, eh? Yeah. Oh, they hired Rick Boners! Rick Boners! Um, um, yeah, back back behind the helm. Yeah. Um,
0: looking good so far under him. Like, let's not lie here. He's...
1: What's What's interesting to me about Rick Boners is I'm not necessarily a fan of him as a coach. Like, Because I, I, I don't know. I've literally never watched him coach a game. Uh, I think the dude is really cool, though. He's a really funny guy. I like Rick Bonus. He seems like a good guy. I want to think he's a good guy. He's been around the game for... Like, been around the NHL specifically for 35 years or... No, not that many. 30-ish?
0: His first head coaching job was at the age of 34 with the Winnipeg Jets in 88, 89. Yeah.
1: Like, he is the... It's fucked up to say, but he is the longest tenured NHL coach in the sense that he... Started coaching the earliest of everyone in the NHL. It's crazy to think yeah. about, but one um,
0: um, one winning season back in 91-92. and that's
1: a thing though, right? Like, this one's always been interesting to me. If you look at his track record, like he's never really been given an opportunity though. That's a thing. Like he was always set up to fail everywhere he went, and I don't know. Like there, there honestly might be this might be like one of the greater hockey stories ever. I mean, we'll see. But, like, if he actually can coach this team and they can go on a run and he becomes the coach there, think about the grind that he's fucking endured over the years to get there. It's 31 years at the NHL level to finally get a team that you can do something with. You're interviewing for job after job after job and you never get them and you never get them and it's like, are you going to ever get your opportunity to run that bench. I did find it funny, although somewhat alarming, but this is kind of Rick Bonus's uh, uh, sense of humor was they asked him, you know, what's going to be different between coaching now and, and, you know, like having coached like in a different era NHL. And he's like, well, I haven't run a bench in 15 years. So I guess we'll figure that out as it goes. <laughs> we'll figure it out as it goes. He said, no, no, we're trying to make the playoffs here. Rick. <laughs> <laughs> playoffs. It's going to be a plan. playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying um, to win a game, trying to make a line change.
0: Fun fact: He has already matched his uh, season total wins from the 0304 season, no. in which he was fired from the Phoenix Coyotes. Good gravy! Going 2-12 and three at that at that time. Um. So yeah, all the best to him because, like, like you said, like I, I think it's it's really kind of cool that he's back in the NHL as a head coach after you know fifteen, sixteen seasons here and. Uh, be interesting to see what he can do with the Dallas stars who, you know, seem to be on the up, uh, playing well as of late and find themselves, uh, back in the playoff, uh, pitcher Dallas. Uh, yeah.
1: I have so. to, I have to correct you on something too, just so people are aware, uh, about Rick bonus. Rick bonus was not fired in Phoenix. He was the mid season replacement. No way. Um, so no. Rick, Rick bonus has only been fired, uh, from two of his jobs, I believe. And, uh, potentially in Ottawa, was because he basically told the management to go fuck themselves.
0: Well, that he did, yes. Which um, was great. I don't like, know, have you seen that interview? I have.
1: It's awesome. It's fantastic. Good for him. Yeah. Because, holy shit, you should see this roster he had to work with. <laughs> it wasn't great. The, the guy won like 25 games in three and a half years as the coach of the Ottawa Senators. And he got fired in, uh, what was the year? 1996 best player on the team was Alexi uh, Yashin and Daniel Alfredson. Uh, the next was uh, Sean Hill, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, like, Alexander Dagg? I don't know. It's, it's not a good team. Not great. The goal, They had three goalies, two of which I've never heard of. It's just... It was a mess. Uh,
0: yeah, so I guess we'll see what happens with him and the Dallas Stars moving forward.
1: Pretty cool, too. They fired Rick Bonus, replaced him with Dave Allison, then fired him.
0: Yes, uh, fun fact,
1: only time two coaches fired in the same season. Want to know something cool? Yeah. You know who's on that coaching staff? Mm-hmm. But a pup and Eddie. I remember the 1995-1996 Ottawa Senators. Daniel Alfredson from Gothenburg, Sweden. Out there playing with greats like Martin Straka, Randy Cuddyworth. Vigneault? Trent McCleary. Vigneault was there. And Glenn Chico Resch was there. Chico! 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 Chico!
0: Big fan. Yeah. Um, one other thing that did come out from the initial um, Board of Governors meeting that the uh, Code of Conduct. Are you are you
1: done on Rick Bonus? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just want to say I wish Rick Bonus all the success in the oh, world. Definitely. I hope. I'm really on Dallas's bandwagon. Big fan now. of Rick Boner. Not. Not. Yeah. <laughs> not. To, you know. I'm not. Not that I'm piling on Jim Montgomery, but like I said again, I was kind of always just a little. I don't know. The dude always kind of sketched me out, and I don't really know where to go beyond that, but. Um, I've always liked Rick bonus and, uh, fun fact, when you and I play the roster game, uh, and we're guessing rosters, it's always a good idea if you're trying to guess a coach to, to get back into the game, uh, to guess Rick bonus. Cause he would probably was on the coaching staff. He's been around. He's coached every team in the NHL. Not really, but pretty close. Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, uh, Montgomery fired after the code of conducts, uh, released by the NHL also coming out of that uh, board of governors meeting. Uh, the fact that there will be no World Cup in 2020. Yeah. Um, not my favorite event. I know sure. some people are into it. Um, the idea of you know best on best tournaments or you know they're, they're fun. I, I think there's something there in terms of entertainment. Um, do, you, do you think this means we're going to the Olympics? Like, is the NHL gonna you know? Oh, no. <laughs> <Both>? <laughs> no. I'm are you
1: kidding me? <laughs> China big market. NHL likes the Chinese market. We're going to the Olympics. That's great. Um, no, I don't think they're going. I, 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 I I mean, at the end of the day, like, again, this is the funny thing, right? Like, I understand we have to talk about this, and you definitely have more of an opinion on me, but I, I've stated before, and I'll say it again, I will watch the Olympic hockey. I really don't care if, if they go or not. Like, probably, I don't know, maybe in, in 20 years, I'll think differently. I, I feel like at this point in my life, I could live without seeing another NHL Olympic hockey game. I really don't care. Well, But I. at the end of the day, here's what I do think. Is I know a lot of these guys want to play for their country. And I would like to see them have the opportunity to do so. Um, because I am rooting for all these guys at the end of the day. You know, they've all worked hard to get their dream. And it's one more part of their dream that they may or may not get to achieve. And I think that that part is unfair to them. Uh, but at the end of the day, my, I, I don't know. It, yeah. it doesn't bug me, and I don't really have an opinion either way. I mean, to be quite honest with you, if I were Gary Bettman, I kind of, I understand where he's coming from. I get it. Um, but But there's, there, there
0: is the argument that the NHL wants into that Chinese market.
1: and what, Oh, they clearly what, do. What better a way Huawei than to put sponsors your, their fucking, yeah. uh, their Hawking in Canada exactly. broadcasts. So, and, so you know. what
0: better way to, to promote your stars than to send them all... To China, China they play a game that actually matters in front of China.
1: China. <laughs>
0: um, I, I think billions
1: and billions and of, of billions. No, you're,
0: you joke about it, but it, it's the actual fact of the matter is that uh, the KHL is is they've got a team in there. They they see the market; it's in their back door, um, and the NHL is, is sitting star. there going like. You know, we we can't lose out on, you know, one point eight billion people to the KHL uh be you know, as as a competitor in the sport. So um from a marketing perspective, I think the NHL should be dying to go to China and, and say, here's Sidney Crosby, here's Conor McDavid, here's Jack Eichel and Austin Matthews, and you know, enjoy because like let's not let's not kid ourselves. They're a treat to watch when they get everybody on the same team, best on best. It's fun. Uh, sorry to Denmark and to Belarus, but everybody else is having a good time in that tournament. So, I think they should go.
1: The only reason I want to see them go is because, like, at first I always thought that they were kidding, but there's more and more of, like, the American hockey writers being like, well, yeah, and, like, this is bullshit because it's our time to beat Canada. And, like, I'm hearing more and more of that, and I'm like, wait, you guys actually, you guys actually think that it's your fucking time? Really? Okay. Okay. Three best players in the world are from Canada. I'd, but I'd be scared of the U.S. I, I, uh, not me. I'm not too worried about it. But, okay. um, yeah, like, uh, I don't know.
0: I I, I think I the NHL should want to go. I hope, and I've said this before. Yeah, you make a good I, point
1: with China. I'll agree with you there.
0: I hope the double I H F says, no thanks, we're good. Because after the way the NHL... Tells them to go fly kite. Yeah, sure. After the way they handled Korea, I don't want them back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Well, I wouldn't blame the NHL for not wanting to go. Yeah. I understand your point. And I wouldn't blame the IAHF for telling them to fly a kite. Yeah. Um, because they don't want to get in bed with you, this you organization. You want to flip-flop
0: that, back and forth yeah. and pick and choose when you want to come. No thanks. Like, we're running a, you know, a, a, a committee here. We've, we've got sports. We've got, we got athletes around the world in various countries sitting there going, hey, am I going to the Olympics next year? Should I be training? Should I be getting ready to go Cause my who, country's going
1: to come calling for me. Who was in the gold medal game last time around Russia and Spain? Germany. Senegal? <laughs> no, Germany. Come on. Give give Germany some credit.
0: They're they're an up and coming hockey mar- uh country. Like they're
1: No, it was back uh, in the map. No, it was uh Slovenia, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh no.
0: Slovenia and their one NHL uh, claim to fame is is not a uh, silver medal Olympic winner.
1: Once everyone gets into gets into the, in the bus, yeah.
0: Once once you all get in the Volkswagen now, and we, we should go and and lose the game to the Russians, yeah. We've been losing to the Russians since 1945, yeah.
1: The god judge said it was not in, yeah. Bullshit, inhausen <laughs> Good for Germany. I don't know. That's pretty cool. Wouldn't it be nice if Leon could come and join us?
0: <laughs> oh, Tobias! No, no, no. We we don't we don't need you, Tobias. You, Mor- you, you you may stay. You may stay.
1: Moritz Seider. <laughs> Just always wanted to say that. Fair enough.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I I thought it was interesting that the NHL said no World Cup this year. Um... Probably wouldn't be an option again until twenty twenty two. I, I don't know if I ever asked you. Do, do you like the World Cup? Is it something that you give a shit no. about? No. Oh my god. If I don't did care. You, if I don't like care about the Olympics. Boy, do I. An every four year event when no. Mario was winning at No four? No. And
1: I never watched it until uh, they did the one a few years, a ago, years ago, and I really didn't watch that one either. So yeah. uh, kind of I gimmicky. watched. I watched the game with the, the the infamous overtime, the three on three with sure. McDavid, or sorry, with uh, well, McDavid and McKinnon and Goudreau. And, yeah. you know, I, I definitely watched that. And I, I thought it was entertaining. But it's just, I don't know. It's hard for me to get into it. And I don't really know what it is about it. Um, other than, and I think I've told you this before, I grew up dreaming of winning the Stanley Cup. And I never really dreamed of like winning an Olympic gold medal, and I definitely never dreamed of winning a what is it? What do they get for the World Cup? The uh, World Cup. Uh, oh, it's a cu- oh, it is a cup.
0: It's a cup. It's a thing. It's a little statue thing, but they call it the World Cup.
1: What's it? What's it look like? Like what's it made of? A it's glass?
0: Like a little shard of something. It's glass? Maybe glass. Yeah.
1: Diamonds? Could be some sort of jewel. And imagine it was like amethyst yeah. or something.
0: Just a big hunk of amber. Yeah, uh, I,
1: I don't I don't know. It's fine and Do you
0: think there's a place for a best on best tournament in hockey? Sure. And how would you how, how would I, you go about that? Like, is, is it the Olympics? Is it a World Cup? Is it a third party event?
1: Here's my thing. It's not it's not for me. It's kinda like the All Star game. Like it, to me it's they're not trying to market it to people like me because I'm 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 nitpicky about hockey. I'm not a casual fan. Like I'm I'm I like certain things in a hockey game. I like strategies. I like like I'm the type of person who likes watching one-nothing games because I find them interesting. Can you, know? you have all that in and a
0: best on best though?
1: Sure you can, but I I'm just saying I I don't think that a best on best tournament is what you need to do to keep me interested. I, I just I don't think it's for me. I think there's a very small faction of hockey fans that it's I like they just don't really care and I don't really care. I will watch them but when they're over I don't miss them hmm.
2: okay. It's
1: hard to get invested in a tournament That's only a few days long And only lasts every few years That's the thing right Like the World Juniors happens every year And there's much more of a novelty Factor to these best on best tournaments Than with the World Juniors The World Juniors is an organic thing That's been an institution for years And, and you know we just love it because we've had So many magical moments And it's our sport and all this bullshit And you know, it's not as big in other countries And that's fine but for us, it's always going to be huge, and it, it means a lot to us. There's a lot of history to us, and that's what it's become. And I can get into that, because at the end of the day, I like watching these 18- and 19-year-old kids who may never, ever have their name uttered in a hockey sense ever again after this tournament. You might never hear about them again. What's Mark, Mark Visentine doing? You know what I mean? Eyes, yeah, so. exactly. I think it's great. Yeah. So I can get into that kind of stuff, because I think, you know, good for these kids.
0: You no, know, that's that is fair, and, and uh, I'm, I'm also, you know, obviously a huge World Junior fan. And
1: um, preview episode next I, week.
0: I think that that's where maybe we get that longing for the best on best is, is you see these guys at that age, especially in Canada, together. Like, look at that 05 team, and you you sit there and you go like, Wow, wouldn't that be great to watch again? Yeah, and you know, then the Olympics come around and. You, you're seeing guys that you watch in the World Juniors playing for Canada again. I, I like that connotation, that well, continuation and, of, of guys playing for the
1: country. And you and I have talked about it before too, like how many like guys that played for the team that I was at the tournament gained a lifelong fan in me because, you know, I got to meet John Tavares' mom, and he scored like some of the greatest goals in World Junior Canadian history, and I was sure. like, you know a couple levels above the ice, or, like, the one game I was in a box behind the net when Everly tied it 5-4. Like, I'm always going to love Jordan Eberle, you know? I'm always going to love all these guys, and I'm going to have time for every guy that ever played for that team, including Evander Kane. Like, I can't believe I'm saying that, but, like, Evander Kane was on that fucking team, and, like, you know, I got a lot of time for these guys, because I think it's, I think, I got to see them kind of grow up before my eyes in a way. You know, and I, I think, I That's think it's cool. great. It, it's, it's definitely an experience. You know what I mean? But like, I agree with what, what you're saying. Like, you know, you cheer for these guys, and at the end of the day, yeah, I'd like to see Tavares win another Olympic gold medal. I'd like to see, you know, uh, PK Subban make that team finally if he can get back to form. And you know, guys that were on that team, I'm always going to root for them. And if, yeah. if, if it involves them going and winning an Olympic gold medal, I think it's great.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, last thing on my docket here before we get to our top ten, mm, top 10. Um, the Athletic uh, released a list of the best Michael Simpsons episodes. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. Oh boy. Yeah. The best. Micro- Dom
1: Logician thinks that the number one episode of The Simpsons is from season nineteen. Ugh, fucking millennials. Season nineteen. Eh?
0: Um. Released a Terrible list season. of the best micro cores around the NHL. What the now, hell does that mean? If you don't remember, um, the micro core theory came out f- from Dean Lombardi uh, when he was the GM of the Los Angeles Kings back in the uh, Cup-winning seasons, 2012, 2014. And uh, I don't when asked, I've heard of this. really, no. when asked about the the success of his team, he attributed it to the micro core of Andrzej Kopitar, Drew Doughty, and Jonathan Quick. And he said if, if you have uh, a top five player at each of those three positions, center, defense, and goalie, Ooh. that you're an elite team in the league. It's an, um, I,
1: yeah, I would tend to agree with him a little bit. So there, there's
0: been a interest, let's say, a, a slight interest. Uh, around... I like that
1: idea. You got to draft really well, which the Kings yeah. did, and they were exactly. coached well enough yeah. to do something with their draft picks. But.
0: So the idea of the micro-core stemmed from that. And uh, so this this week, the Athletic put out a list of, you know, a ranking of the 31 teams in their micro-core. And,
1: and, like, I know where you're going with this, but I want to, like, just make one more point about the Kings there too. Like, that micro-core doesn't work without Daryl Sutter, I don't think. Like, I think you almost have to attribute Daryl Sutter as part of the core on that team because they were so well coached. Like, it's ridiculous to think that he didn't win the Jack Adams every year, looking back on it. Like, you know what I mean? They were well coached. You you could be right. And And I think the the Penguins are another team. Like, you look at their core, and I look at Mike Sullivan as part of their core. Because I think he's that valuable to, like, what they are as a team. Well,
0: it's funny you mention that, because the Penguins are actually an example of, like, the counter... Uh, argument here yeah. in, in which it's it's not a center, a defenseman, and a goalie. Maybe it's maybe it's a center and a winger and a goalie, or maybe it's mm-hmm. two center and a and a goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, uh, the list list came out from the Athletic, and uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you the the the, the top three uh, in terms of the Athletic who ranked them, and then I'm gonna ask you if if you, if if you have an opinion on who should be uh, number one, or if, if you agree with where they're going here. But uh, in any case, number three. Uh, the car Avalanche, uh, microcore of Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, and Philip Grubauer. Um, I think Grubauer, obviously, the, the kind of the weak link, the unproven you know, entity on that. Uh, I mean, he's having a great season, but you know, just whether or not you're totally sold on him. Uh, tied for first are the Boston Bruins with Patrice Bergeron, Charlie McAvoy, and Tuca Rask. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, with Braden Point, Victor Hedman, and Andre Vasilevsky. Your uh, your immediate thoughts? I don't know. <laughs> like, like like so right off the bat, like I hear no, I hear no, what you're saying. No Stamkos in favor of Point. Yeah, that's surprising.
1: Why? Well, I think Stamkos is a better player than Braden Point for sure. Yeah, like I would have thought that last year. Or I still think it this year. Uh yeah, I, I don't know. It's a weird one. Like I mean, I I'm I'm sold on Philip Grubauer as a number 1 goalie in the NHL. Uh I'm not sold on him as an irreplaceable asset. So I'm not really sure that I see him as as super integral to the team's success. They definitely couldn't succeed with a goalie worse than Grubauer, but I think that they can do find finding another one kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think he's like completely invaluable to what they are. Right. So I don't know. Like the, the Bruins are an interesting thought cause I still don't think McAvoy has become what we thought he would be quite yet. There's still a lot of time on him. Like it's really early there and he's battling injuries his whole early career and you know, good on him. I'm a, I, am I, I think he's a good player, but um, I don't know how much I buy that as like, like, Tory Krug's a better defenseman to me. It's just Tori Krug isn't signed into next year, so mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like to me, I, I don't know. Krug, Krug is definitely the better defenseman. But
0: um, rounding out the pack, I'll add is uh, the New Jersey Devils, uh, who just lost Taylor Hall, uh, but feature Nico Hischier, PK Subban, and Mackenzie Blackwood as their micro core. And what their last? You are saying their last thirty first in the league. Okay. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that would be last.
0: Jack three. Hughes, Neville will take over as that number one eventually, but you know, as, at eighteen, mm. just isn't quite ready. I don't think so. Mm.
1: I think one team, and I mean, it's it's again, I I understand why it's not on there, but I think there are a lot of arguments you can make with Philadelphia in terms of having a micro core. Like I I think there is one there, and I mean, take the, your take your pick up yeah, front.
0: They're nineteenth, uh, okay. with Couturier, Provorov, and Hart.
1: Yeah, see, like, and that's the thing if you want to take Couturier or Giroud because I still think I still think Giroud's the better player at this stage of his career, but,
0: is he, the but he is older is he the and, one he, and is he a, is... a centerman, yeah, exactly
1: yeah. so, yeah, I mean, if you like, you know, you can't, I'm not, I'm not chirping Sean Couturier here, Sean is still a really good player, but um, you know, I'm, I am got a lot of time for Provorov and I think Hart is getting to be a top 10 goalie in the league Um, you know it, it, is, it is an interesting argument. I mean, where does Toronto sit on the list? Because they're, they're another team that I Toronto think. Toronto
0: is seventh um, with it's Austin, about right, Austin Matthews, Morgan Riley, Freddie Anderson. And who um, are the
1: other teams between Toronto and those other three you had mentioned? Blues, um, O'Reilly, Petrangelo, and. Bennington. Uh, Bennington.
0: Uh, Penguins, Crosby, Latang,
1: Murray. Uh, and
0: Washington with Backstrom, Carlson, and Holtby. I think Washington's a little high. Like Carlson's having a good season for sure, um, and you could you could make the argument that Kuznetsov should be there instead of Backstrom. Um, so they they maybe are a little high. Um, Pittsburgh's obviously struggling this season, and the Blues, you know, defending Cup champions, it's hard to argue against that. Uh, immediately behind Toronto, for what it's worth, is the Dallas Stars with Tar Sega and Miro Heishkinen with Ben Bishop and Nett. Um, Edmonton at ninth and the Jets round up the top ten with Shifley, Morrissey, and Hellebuck.
1: Did you just say Edmonton is ninth? When you've got
0: Connor McDavid, um, he's worth so many points by himself that he drags the team kinda up the list.
1: And the who's the tenth?
0: Uh, the Jets. I I think the Jets there's an argument to be made that they should be a little higher on the list, I think, with... Because uh, if you're only basing off the three guys on the list and not the whole team, mm-hmm. I, I look at Morrissey, Scheifele, and Hellebeck, and I say that's... Strong arguably, at all three positions, Arguably yeah. top five. There's not really
1: yeah. anywhere. I mean, Morrissey's not a top 20 defender, I don't think, but he's not far from being he's in the 20. He's a top guy, yeah. 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 yeah, that's what I mean, right? Like, he's top 30, sure. and therefore he is a number one defenseman, technically speaking, so... Right. That's yeah, an interesting thought. I don't know, like... Where's Buffalo? Like, we're watching the Leafs play Buffalo right now. Buffalo... Because Buffalo, uh, like, Hutton is their weak point, but he's been fine.
0: Buffalo's 20th with Eichel, Darlene, and Ulmark.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, okay, if you want to go with Ulmark, I mean, you know, he's also terrible, but... Um, hmm.
0: I think there's potential there, like, Darlene's going to be a stud, Eichel uh, appears to be... But that's the thing,
1: like, it's almost the argument, like, going back to Colorado, is, like, by the time... Buffalo is contending for a cup. I don't think their goalie is the same guy, I and mean, like I think you'd it's hope. the same thing for Colorado. Like I don't, I just think they have a different guy by then. Yeah, I don't know. You look at Vancouver; they got three number one goalies potentially in their system right there. Like, so, at least one or two of those guys is going to go somewhere else. Right. You know. So who,
0: who do you who do you take as number one uh, on this uh, idea of the micro cores? Is there? A I gotta tell out? you,
1: like uh, I keep coming back to it. I think Vancouver's really slept on on that list. Vancouver with with Patterson, Hughes and Markstrom. Yeah, they're 15th.
0: Like, like, and I I think that's more about that's what
1: a, That's know, top 10 to me. Hughes
0: is a rookie.
1: Markstrom's
0: gotcha. He's good. He's, but, he's showing but, a lot of upside. But Colorado
1: like Colorado's what? First? Third? Uh,
0: third.
1: And McCarr's a McCarr's rookie too. A rookie, yeah. Like I understand how good he is, but he's like Quinn Hughes hasn't been as good, but like
0: uh, these are both, yeah. like,
1: these are both early in their career guys. You can make like,
0: the argument that Vancouver's goaltending is better than
1: Colorado's. It is 100% so, yeah. better than, than Colorado's. Like, like Markstrom is the number two asset on that list. That's how good he's been, you know. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, people want to talk. Pedersen is is one of the best players in the world, too, but the, you can't give the other two positions any respect. So, I don't know. I think I think Vancouver deserves some respect on that one. Yeah. Um, Calgary's kind of a tough one for me, too, because I think there's something to be said for, for Mark Giordano. Uh, I think there's something to be said for a few of their defensemen. But... Big save Dave. What What is big save yeah. Dave? Is And, like, you know, how? But the, the thing with Riddick is, like, how many years are we going to go on and say, what is Dave Riddick? Until, you know, three or four years from now, and he's a 9-15 goalie every year, and it's like, what is Dave Riddick? And it's like, well, he's a goalie. He's a number one goalie. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. like... I don't know. I don't know what more the guy is going to have to do to, to get us to actually say that he is the guy, but I, I understand. Like, people are um, not convinced with him, and I guess we'll see. But
0: one team that I think could make a big leap um, really easily would be Carolina. Uh, you got Ajo and Slut- uh, Slavin. Slutton. <laughs> Slutton. Um, that's dynamic right there in itself. And I think if you can get uh, Peter Morazek going Freddy
1: or... the goat with the goal my guy that's my guy the <laughs> goat um yeah I don't know Carolina's gonna be an interesting one like they they they're gonna have to find something consistent in the goalie eventually like it doesn't have to be a guy that they pay millions and millions of dollars to but you know Marazic really really has hopped back and forth in terms of consistency this year almost to the point where I would say Reimer at times has been the better goalie and, you know, he hasn't exactly been amazing this year yet either. Um, you know, I kind of wonder if, if Alex Nadalkovich is ever really going to get there. Because I think he's, I hate to say this with guys, but I really think he's running out of time. And, you know, like, you say that, but like, Jacob Markstrom is finally becoming a number one goalie at 28. And he was one of the highest touted goalie prospects I've ever seen in my life to the point where I think he was almost as highly touted as Carey Price at one point. And it's hard to say, you
0: know, yeah. He's like there might be something there still, but
1: like going into the year I was at the World Juniors, for example, when you talked about that Swedish team, there were three players you were watching, and one of them was not Eric Carlson. Yeah. <laughs> like it was the talk on that team speaking of microcores was Mark Net is the best goalie in the tournament, is what everyone said. And Victor Hedman on defense is the best defenseman in the tournament. And I mean, this is hilarious. But Magnus Pyarvi Svensson is going to be like an incredible player. And well, yeah, he was okay. Was <laughs> he, was, he was fine. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah, he played. Yeah, yeah, he wore a cage. Uh, <laughs> do
0: you do you think it's it's is it center defense goalie or is is there some love loss for the wingers here? <laughs> is it is it a four core? Should, is that the ideal in today's NHL with the speed of the offense? You
1: got You got to have some something at wing. Like it just it can't be just a bunch of nothing. You got to have something at wing. Um, but I do I do buy the idea of if you have a really good center, wing, and defenseman, you can probably find a way to figure it out. But you you I don't know like the king like that's a thing right? Like Dean Lombardi talks about the microcore, and the Kings didn't have just three guys like like. Jeff Carter was brilliant during that whole time. Like, absolutely brilliant during those years. Uh, To the point where one of the cup runs, he was better in the playoffs than Anzi Kopitar. So, like, I I don't know. Like, it's hard to just say three guys. But I understand the concept that, you know, having Jeff Carter accents the core that they already had. And if they didn't have that core in place, then, you know, Jeff Carter doesn't mean as much to them. Yeah, I, I get it. For sure. I, I get the Never argument. really had it's that,
0: that big winger, though. Like, they never had that superstar winger in LA.
1: Not really. I mean, the, so. cl- the closest thing they had was when Jeff Carter would play wing on the power play. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Game seven, Justin Williams. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, Dustin Brown was really good for a while there, and mm-hmm. that was what you needed at that time. But um, yeah, I, I hear you. For sure. I, I don't know. Honestly, best microcore. Like, so what was the top three again? Colorado, uh,
0: Tampa, and Boston were tied for one.
1: I think it's Boston, but I put Krug over McAvoy. Okay, I I agree, I agree there. I because I, I think all three of those guys are obviously really fucking good. Um, I don't know, man. Like, Colorado's is Colorado's is good, but it's just it's almost a little unproven. Colorado's is still really high, though. I just don't. I don't yeah. know. Tampa's, yeah, Tampa's probably two, but it's, I think it's Stamkos, not Point. Mm-hmm. But maybe they're talking, like, the longevity factor, it whereas Stamkos yeah. might be running out of gas a little bit. Yeah, Um. Yeah, and, I mean, Washington, you could take your pick on a forward.
0: Probably Carlson guy, and,
1: but, and Holtby, yeah, like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, okay. Um. I don't know, and then, like, I think Vancouver's probably top five pick for me. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I like them. I think
0: the Jets should be a little higher myself, but maybe not in that top three.
1: I agree with the idea, though, that if the Jets kind of have to retool moving forward here, you know, they're doing great this year, don't get me wrong, but I mean, I don't know how sustainable the roster is right now. Um, That as long as they have Shifley, Morrissey, and by the looks of things, Hellebuck, they can probably make it work. Hmm. That was the whole thing, like, coming into the year, why I wasn't so worried about the Jets, and they still got those pieces. They're still good, you know? They'll find a way to make it work.
0: Definitely, seem to be doing so as well. So mm-hmm. good to see you there. Yeah,
1: I'm down. Big game tonight against the Hurricanes.
0: There you go. Oh.
1: Um, just wanted to to make mention too. We took a little bit of a pause here, um, between recording and wanted to mention that uh, TBT news anchor Randy Sheffy we just learned has passed away at the age of 57, which is kind of a kind of. A, uh, Shocking news, I guess. Like, a a, like local you know work. what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I saw him not very long ago, and um, yeah, it's kind of you know, like th- this is this is one of our 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 guys in Thunder Bay. Like this, this is you know the face of sports in a way. Um, uh, you know, a, a, I guess a friend of your of your cousins as well who works for TBT News, and um. This, uh, you know, he's an institution in Thunder Bay, to be quite honest with you, uh, in terms of how you look at the sports broadcasting and everything. He's kind of the face of it and has been for a long time. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, very sad news here on, on Tuesday night to hear that, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. but
0: Only local sports guy that I can really uh, remember, at least in, in my time, paying attention uh, to TBT News and the local scene. And any time you want to know something about the border cats for thunderbolts it was always randy Sheffy updating you so mm-hmm. uh,
1: yeah sad uh, news very sad to hear pass away uh, uh tonight tuesday december 17th at the age of 57 uh on that note would it uh time to do a top 10
0: it's our top 10 yeah we're continuing with our theme this month of, randy uh, would want
1: us to keep talking about sports i think definitely kinda, it's kind of it's kind of his job
0: yeah um our theme of uh, recapping the last decade as we uh, close out 2019 uh not only the year but the 2010 decade uh this week we're looking at the top 10 off-ice stories uh found around hockey um the past 10 years and uh i guess uh I guess we'll just get right into it because there's uh, not much else to, to prep that with. <laughs> no. It's pretty
1: pretty straightforward, <laughs> pretty, pretty, this straight part, straightforward. I think. If you don't know what's yep. going
0: on, it might be time to turn off your radios. Um we're going to do this in chronological order and we're going to jump all the way back to May 20th, 2011 when the Atlanta Thrashers were sold to a little little group called True North. Uh, and moved to Winnipeg, Manitoba. Mm -hmm. The uh, Thrasher's going through uh, quite a bit of financial instability. Um, Reports of uh, $30 million uh, in losses uh, for the franchise, their ownership group. Um, Pulled the plug, said it was time to move on for the second time in the city of Atlanta. And... uh, have been re- located in Winnipeg ever since, uh, despite the fact that uh, Gary Bettman got up in front of cameras not a week earlier saying that uh, the Atlanta Thrashers weren't going anywhere. They, they, they wouldn't be moved. They wouldn't be sold. Uh, Winnipeg was uh, just uh, you know, a, a background market as far as NHL was concerned, and uh, that uh, obviously was not the case. And uh, kind of a weird history Atlanta had an NHL Right from its inception It was never Never much to get excited about uh, you, you think back to their first draft pick ever Patrick Stefan. Never really worked out
1: They had some exciting pieces Yeah I'm glad I never had to watch that In a fucking Jets jersey Let me tell you that Yeah Ugh. Lasted
0: uh, Ugh. Lasted all of uh, Euro about, trash About 12 seasons in the NHL um, and, Who
1: Patrick Stefan?
0: No uh, the, uh, the Atlanta Oh Patriots. Jesus yeah. I was like
1: there's no way it can't be,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, while uh, while well, well, one team dies, we get our sweet, sweet Winnipeg Jets oh, back. So. Man,
1: I yeah. I mean, I don't want to talk about this too long because I'm going to get emotional. But I I I remember saying when I started watching hockey that I, I you know I'd, I'd like the Leafs. I, I grew up cheering for the Leafs, but you know I, I read and studied and watched videos and and just heard everything about the uh, about the Winnipeg Jets, and I thought to myself if the Jets ever come back, I'm going to cheer for the Jets. And I told people, I'm like, who's your favorite team? I'm like, well, I like the Leafs, but, you know, I'm holding out for those Jets, I would always say as a joke. And uh, and then it happened. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, fuck yeah, okay. And I got to tell you, man, um, I was I was slow in my support when they came back. I kind of, you know, I, I dipped my toes into the water. It's hard for me to say that I like the Jets any less than I like the Leafs. Like, I kind of just have two favorite teams, and it's like, you know, it becomes a lot easier. I don't know if, if any of you have had the pleasure, but uh, as people who live in Thunder Bay, you know, Winnipeg is fairly close to us in the sense that nothing is really close to us, but Winnipeg is the closest uh, that I go to Winnipeg and I watch the Jets, and it's a lot easier to cheer for that team if you go to that building and experience one of those games live because uh, everything about that building, about that environment is great. Everyone's friendly, the building is nice and it's it's a good time. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's I'm very happy that they're back and
0: right there with you. Like I've I've got a bunch of hats, I got some shirts, got some jerseys. Oh I got more I got,
1: jet stuff than I do leaf stuff. I got
0: people that call me on it like I thought you were a Leaf fan. Ah eh, so, fuck Well you. actually I like the Jets before they left and then they left and then what, I'm gonna cheer for nobody? So yeah. I was yeah, I was like what, six years old? Yeah, I'm gonna find another team. So that was yeah. my that was my history with Jets. It was like, yeah, I'd rather be a Jets fan, but I can't be. So I'm gonna cheer for someone else. And they came back, and it, it was like it's like an old flame coming back into your life. You're just you know yeah, hey hey, how you doing? And uh,
1: uh, I've mm-hmm. I've been a fan ever since. You planted the seeds exactly, and now you're watching them harvest. Uh, you're watching them grow. Yeah, and it, now it's time. If to Maybe like if
0: you had a family. And then uh, years later, someone was like, hey, this is your kid from way back when. You're not going to love that kid any less. Hmm. Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: oh. Is it like that? You got a lot of experience in that uh, field? Can't say that I do. Yeah? Um, that's your number 10. That's your number 10. The Winnipeg Jets back in the NHL. Uh, well,
1: it's it's the first in the sense that yeah, it's so. like the linear, we're going it's in order, the right? Oldest. that it happened? Yeah, yeah, 2011. It's the first in the okay. list of... Because we're just doing it like we did last week, it's by It's the first eight. thing we've mentioned. Oh, it
0: it's I'll, the first okay. event to happen.
1: Well, I wouldn't say it's it's like the tenth le- like it's like the least significant of the ten stories, but um, yeah, yeah, okay.
0: On to the second Whatever. event that happened this decade. Sure, uh, September thirteenth, two thousand and twelve. Uh, the NHL and its uh, board of governors locked out the players and for the uh, third time in uh, league's history we experienced a work stoppage Um, the 2012-2013 lockout effectively wiping out half a season um, as a result of the expiration of the CBA Um, unlike uh, 0506 or 0405 We did get some hockey that year, a 48 condensed schedule uh, in which uh, my Maple Leafs made the playoffs and I don't want to talk about anything else that happened that season. (laughs) um,
1: Definitely. uh, I'll never forget being in the uh, restaurant in the Sault Ste. Marie Hotel and just waking up and having to get on a bus as hungover as hangovers can be. And just like hearing one of the dads come up to the table, hey, did you hear the good news? They're playing hockey again this year. And I'm like, I don't. I don't even yes. care right now. We have I'm a game on Thursday. so Jeff, hungover. I yeah, I think it was uh, Jody Alstrom.
0: Is that that was the year uh, Sweden won the World Juniors? I think, and we stayed up late to watch it the night before.
1: Mm. Mm,
0: not mm. great. Um, th- this definitely kind of signaled a, a warning, uh, at least for myself. I can't say about other hockey fans, but the idea that this is going to just happen every time the CBA expires because. You know, 06, or sorry, 05 happens, and you think, okay, one year. They lost it. Yeah. They lost all this money. They lost all these fans. They lost all this time. They'll never do it again. There's no way, no how. They're going to want to avoid that.
1: Like, it's wild to think that I was expecting a lockout this time around, and then they're like, yeah, like we're good. CBA's fine. Yeah. So there's no lockout? Or just you're out of lockouts?
0: Uh, we'll lock you out in two years.
1: Yeah, but that's like, the thing. I, like, like, I guess we're good this time around. Like, that's well, they weird.
0: they had the option to extend it this this time around. So, um, it it technically expires in twenty twenty two. They could have opted out in twenty twenty,
1: but uh... sorry, you got you got to see that. Just his face. <laughs> That's awesome. That's my guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah. I, I don't like the idea of doing this every fucking ten years. Yeah. Um, no, I don't love it either. So, yeah. Uh, number two, the 2012-2013 initial lockout. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, apparently nothing else happened uh, this decade except, uh, except uh, a few years later on uh, June... Twenty second, two thousand and sixteen, um, the NHL opened opened its arms and said, "We will we will take your your five hundred million dollars, and we will give you a franchise." And thus, the Vegas Golden Knights were born. Mm-hmm. Um, first expansion the league uh, took part in since uh, the two thousand uh, season, where uh, Winnipeg, uh, Minnesota, and Columbus entered um and uh it was exciting vegas uh getting a team a sports team of any sports team any league uh finally on the map and uh i think it's safe to say that they've they've grabbed it and kind of ran with it and they they love their golden knights and they've they've been a successful franchise uh, the best expansion franchise in the history of pro sports and uh we get to do this all over again in a couple seasons but they don't count for this decade, so we get
1: to talk about Vegas and Vegas alone. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Most of the nightclubs in Vegas traditionally had, like, a DJ or a dancing woman or, like, a slot machine in the middle, and now it's got a hockey game. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Like, th- those games are look unbelievably fun. Um, like, I-, I would imagine they're the most fun games in the NHL to go to live. I've never been to one, but it- they look unbelievable. Um, you have to imagine a lot so, of
0: entertainment inside the building. Yeah, yeah. like,
1: you know, like... It's just cool to think that, like, you go to watch a hockey game and first intermission, and the lights go down. I'm like, all right, everybody, please, Blue Man Group, please welcome ZZ Top. And it's like the <laughs> da, 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 da.
0: cool. Speaking of ZZ Top, get your tickets to the Thunder Bay Community Auditorium May 23rd. Uh, you know,
1: on <laughs> I, 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 a quick sidebar on that. I'm getting to the point where I feel like I should just fucking go see them already. Like I feel, I feel, I feel, like they're like basically just rubbing it in my face, being like, "Hey, we're coming to Thunder Bay again," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not a huge it's fan." Like is what you know, like yeah, everyone else will go. I'm not going to enjoy it as much. And like they've been here 150 times, they play like four hours over the border here, like, every week or something like that. Like, I'm pretty sure, you know how Celine Dion has a residency in Vegas? I'm pretty sure ZZ Top has one at, like, Hinkley or wherever it is Casino-rama. they always play. Like yeah. Like, bl- Black Bear or whatever it is they're always playing. Um, at some point, I should go see them, and I'm, I'm not kidding you. I'm considering going this time around. $140. That's fucked, but, like, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I might go. I'm not going to lie. Put a good show on. Have what, you seen what, them? I, 2010 they
0: came to Thunder Bay. Yeah? yeah? You That's went? What, yeah, I got my dad tickets. He was a big fan. Never seen them before. so Yeah, let's go. I don't okay. care. All right. Live on location, the Laced Up Podcast. ZZ Top. This is Billy Gibbons of uh, ZZ Top. Billy, uh, any thoughts on the Dallas Stars season? Um, it goes
1: back to when I was talking earlier about the Simpsons episode, the season 9 premiere, uh, Homer versus the city of, New, uh, city of New York, where Bart yells out a bus window to a bunch of... Uh, Jewish rabbis, and yells, Hey, it's ZZ Top! You guys rock! And they're like, oh, maybe a little. Because they're not ZZ Top, they're rabbis. just have
2: big beards. I yes. get it. Yeah, no, I it's got a good it.
1: joke. I think ZZ Top makes a few appearances in that show.
0: Okay, we're going to fast forward one week to our fourth event on the list. June 29th, 2016. Uh, for one hour, the hockey world was on fire. Uh, life stood still. Dogs and cats together in the streets... It was anarchy. It was chaos. Uh, We've come to call it trade day. Uh, In the span of one hour, uh, the NHL saw two one-for-one trades and the biggest potential UFA in history uh, turn heel and re-sign with his club. We're talking about the day that P.K. Subban was traded for Shea Weber. The day that Taylor Hall was traded for Adam Larson and the day that Steven Stamkos chose Tampa Bay. Mm.
1: Um, See, I always think of June 29th, 2016 as the day that the Columbus Blue Jackets terminated the contract of defenseman Fedor Um You know, Tootin had been an institution in uh, in Columbus for many, many years. Uh, you know, had been uh, the greatest shutdown defenseman in franchise history since uh, Rusty Klusla and uh, 39-year-old Adam Foote. And, uh, you know, I think it's just uh, it was a big loss to the to the Columbus Blue Jackets. You know, that blue line's never really recovered. You know, it's not like their blue line's good now or anything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it was a tough day for uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, you know.
0: Uh, they were all affected, really. It's, it, was, it was massive. Um, how could you forget? Um, shocking, I think, in a word. Uh, you see one of those trades happen and you're like, okay, that's pretty That's pretty big. That's pretty cool, I guess. You know, like you don't see a lot of one-for-one deals in today's NHL Fedor anymore. was
1: so bad out there that it looked like he was just standing out there tooting. Jesus. I'm Bruce Pataglia for ESPN. There's no recovering from that. Columbus. Sure.
0: Um... Did did you did you have a, a thought? You remember that day at all? Yeah, I, I was
1: at it was, work. It was, was it fucked. Pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, I almost, I almost, I almost. I think I took my lunch after like the. I forget what the third thing was happened. I think Stamkos happened last. Yeah, I think I took my lunch because I'm like, holy shit! Like the league's on fire, and I went and sat in my car on my phone for half an hour, and nothing else happened. The the wild the thing tootin' th- news came through, and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't care.
0: The thing that I thought was most crazy about that day was the fact that like none of the GMs seemed to know what was happening.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, you, you talk to, um, you know, Stevie Eisman and he, he's, he's sitting there, he's going like, yeah, like, we just wanted to get our deal done with Stamkos, and Pietrelli's sitting there going like, well, I didn't realize that Nashville wanted to trade Shea Weber, mm-hmm. which may have been a good thing for them to know, given the fact that they were, you know, acquiring a defenseman that day. But, um, yeah, absolutely insane. Uh, Like I said, you don't see one-for-one deals very often anymore. For two of them to happen in a matter of half an hour involving uh, two Norris-level defensemen and a future Hart Trophy winner. Mm -hmm. uh, Kind of insane, not going to lie. Pretty wild. um, And definitely kind of shifted the futures of a few of those franchises, to say
1: the least. Yeah. Yeah, I thought thought it was like an... It's interesting to look back on those trades, too, because, like... There may be, it may be the craziest day that was almost inconsequential in a way. Because, like, Subban no longer plays for Nashville. His contribution to the team was he won a Norris and, like, you know, was a driving force in bringing them to a, con- or a Stanley Cup final. You know, revitalizing hockey in the city. But at the end of the day, like, the Predators are still good. They're still shining and would they have gotten there without Subban you know maybe like it's hard to say because they're doing okay without him now um Montreal kind of broke even in the other in that sense too because I mean at best because Weber is you know having a really good year right now a renaissance of sorts but like he had to kind of reinvent himself a little bit to get back to where he is now and You know, you look at Edmonton, they're looking for a scoring winger and a defenseman, and they had one and traded one for what they thought was another. And the Devils have uh, definitely a need for a winger and a defenseman right now. So, like, did anything actually happen that day? Like, that's a fucked up thing. Uh, It was the craziest 23 minutes in probably NHL history off the ice, and nothing actually happened.
0: I guess not. You know what I mean? What do you think about it that way? Yeah, yeah, it's
1: fucked. Yeah, like it's absolutely fucked. And like the biggest, the biggest consequence of that day was Stephen Stamkos stayed in Tampa Bay, which it's like, okay. <laughs> so did the Lightning get any worse or better? Nah, neither. They just stay the same. Yeah. Oh, are for the course. Okay. Yeah. It's a weird, weird day to look back on because like we were like, wow, this is gonna, this is gonna shift Change NHL everything. history forever, yeah. and it's like. Yeah, I don't know. Now, like, people don't wear as many P.K. Subban jerseys in Montreal. Oh, Nashville like it.
0: sounds like they have a fan base.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Good. I, I Honestly, if, at the end of the day, if, if that's the most significant, significant thing that came out of that, uh, that day, is that Nashville kind of got itself on the map, I think that's really good. Because I, th- I think Nashville's been a fantastic uh, NHL city in terms of its fan base and... You know it's fun to watch a game, and I think a lot of us realized that on that cup run. And if that's what needed to happen, then then great. I think that's that's maybe better than anything else you can say about the day.
1: But I think the coolest thing to come out of that day is if the Devils win the cup in five years and Nick Merkley scores the goal. The guy, the guy <laughs> who got traded for Taylor all <laughs> the second time around. Oh boy!
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: all right. Jumping ahead of year, April third, two thousand and seventeen. Uh, the NHL decided that, uh, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, we're not going to go to the Olympics. Uh, Wait, did we already uh,
1: talk about this? I thought we were talking about this. We
0: talked about the World Cup not happening. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 2017, yeah. Uh, the NHL says that uh, Pyeongchang is not for us and we're not going to go. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Ni hao. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for us. Um, we don't want to lose the time and the schedule, despite them stopping all the time for all-star games, and uh, they don't want to play to the Asian market, which uh, coincidentally is larger than the North American market, Um, and uh, they stayed home, and uh, the NHL players got all uppity about it, and weren't happy, and wanted to go play for their countries, um, really they,
1: stuck in their craw.
0: But they couldn't. And some Russian guys went home, that I, I hear, but not all the Russian guys went home. Um, and Germany did well, and Canada did bad. And it was, mm. it was weird. Yeah. Was it weird? Was it weird not seeing NHL at that time? Like, I know we just talked about this.
1: It wasn't weird not seeing NHL. It was weird seeing things other than NHL. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, turning on a game and it was like, You know, like, the second or third best player in that whole tournament was Jan Mursak, or whatever his name is. The guy that used to, like, that got drafted by the Red Wings, like, 12 years ago, and he was playing for Slovenia. Even though he wasn't Slovenian, he was from, like, fucking Estonia or something, but he had Slovenian, like... It was like, like, what are we talking about here right now? I will will say it was kind of cool seeing guys like Wojciech
0: Wolski back out there for Canada. Yeah,
1: no, I was into it. Long lost NHLers, but... I think the coolest part about that whole thing... It was Team Canada asking Cale McCart to go, and he's like, nah. <laughs> it's so I'm good. Like a 19-year-old I got, being like, hey, do you want to go win an Olympic gold medal? And he's like, no, nah, I, I, got, got, I got exams. I got exams. Yeah, man. I, got I, got a, I got a fucking essay yeah. on Emily Dickinson due next week. I can't go. Yeah,
0: sorry, I can't party this weekend. I got an exam. Yeah. Yeah, we got We
1: got labs. If you don't go to those labs, you get a zero. It's um, It's mandatory. Well, can't you just tell the prof that you're nah, nah? It's
0: we man. could write you a note. That's probably nah, okay. It's fine. Uh, the first it's time, like, in, uh it's like
1: when, uh, when, when Reggie was trying to quit Metro, and they're just like, yeah, you know, like you, uh, you don't have to quit. Like we'll just let you keep your beard. And he's like, well, I already committed to it. Yeah, I'll just quit anyway. I think I'm gonna quit okay. anyway. Yeah. you don't have to.
0: Um, yeah. So the first time in uh 24 years that the NHL did not go. And participate in the Olympics, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I guess the Russians really are the greatest country in the world for ice hockey. Um, okay, so this next one is is kind of tough to narrow down to one date. Oh, We're, here it is. We've made it. We've made it. November fifth, twenty seventeen, uh, the day that Matt Duchesne was traded to the Senators, which tipped off a hurricane of events off the ice.
1: You know, I, I didn't even think about it until we, like, when we were picking dates initially. We probably could even go back to the Chris Kunitz goal in the, in the conference final.
0: Maybe. Even. Because
1: yeah. I don't know if the Duchesne trade even happens without you know, the Senators losing in the conference final. Like, if they go to the cup final, we might be looking at a different Sens team today. And it goes back to some of the stuff we talked about last week. Like, it wasn't one bounce on the ice away from this being a completely different franchise. Possibly, And, you know, at the end of the day... One that keeps Carlson, one that keeps
0: Stone, one that doesn't get up on tourists.
1: And Uh, the reason why I didn't mention the date is because I don't buy this quite as much as I buy, you know, the narrative of if the Flyers lose the cup, you know, or if, if the Flyers win the cup in 2010, you know, do they ever end up with... Couturier and all these fucking guys, you know I I buy that one the one with the Senators, you know, they weren't overly deep they weren't overly good to begin with and, you know, they kind of just were incredibly well coached and for the roster that they had at the time and, you know, but going back to it, like, Dushane gets traded there as we know now, he never really worked out that well but they did give up a ton uh, or, you know, they did they did Give up a time to get him. And it was not an overly successful era, I would say.
0: No. Uh, they were in a playoff spot at the time of the trade. They were having a pretty good season at the time of the trade. And after that, everything just uh, went off the cliff, yep. so to speak.
1: Yeah, um, They the, did not do well. Duchesne struggled. And as the team struggled, people around the team felt more and more pressure. Uh, their owner would be at the top of the list. And although we've always thought Eugene Melnick was a bit of a cantankerous old geezer to begin with, uh, boy did he ever go like a little bit, a uh, little bit loco there, and uh, really fell off the funny train. And uh, yeah, the funny train—it's been interesting. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, uh, yeah. But- How many weeks did we like? Start the podcast last week or last year, being like, "Oh, Ottawa oh, Senators it, did, it
2: did it again!" Jesus, we fuck.
0: were an Ottawa Senators podcast Jesus last season. Christ. It was fantastic. It was a disaster. Uh, there was the Uber video.
1: Yeah, it's a there big one.
0: Was um,
1: there was the uh, the Mike Hoffman Eric Carlson debacle? Even something as as like as simple as the night where they, for some reason, just, like, had these massive balloons at the rink that were just, like, falling onto people and injuring and (laughs) spilling drinks, and it was like, what are these things? They looked like the balloons that Dwight blows up when he's trying to plan the party for Kelly in the office, and it's just right pathetic. There's a banner that says, it is your birthday. There were these dull, gray balls of air... Floating around the rink that didn't look like anything, didn't resemble anything, that were just causing chaos. And it was I like, was yeah, waiting, the Senators uh, did
0: this. I was waiting for the cameras to pan up to to Kramer dropping dropping them down, giant ball of oil. Yeah, and yeah. Things are going to soak. That's also a good time. comparison. Yeah. yeah. Um. There was the, um, as I mentioned, the Mike Hoffman Eric Carlson debacle, which led to debacle, uh, which led to the trading of Mike Hoffman, which led to the trading of mike hoffman for a better package than what the senators got for him um which somehow still led to eric carlson getting traded uh there was the holdout on the mark stone contract which led to them trading mark stone uh like the list is endless uh the bullshit with the uh the assistant coach there i forget his fucking name that was Hitting on underage women or something. some bullshit. Oh, it was uh, the assistant
1: GM. Assistant GM, yeah. Uh, something Lee. Yeah, Randy huh? Lee. Fuck
0: that guy. Yeah, yeah. It was just an, an endless supply of stories, and uh, uh, it, it kind of, it, honestly, like we we talk about November fifth, twenty seventeen. This 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 went on for a while. It, it's kind of still happening there. You got Melnick sitting down with Borowiecki for a one-on-one interview that was all types of cringe. There's Pierre Dorian going on live TV saying we're a team after a 20-second pause to evaluate the state of his franchise. Uh, is, the mind boggles when it came to the Ottawa Senators this past season.
1: Um, I have never seen a team that went from within a calendar year, being one goal away from going to a Stanley Cup final to being uh, undoubtedly probably going to get relocated in the next few years uh, is how it looked like a year ago. Like, that's fucked. It's wild to think that it's like, yeah, not only are they not going to build this rink that Melnick wants to build, they probably won't be in Ottawa come like 2021. 2021! They're going to have to find another city! Not a real year. Like, it's fucked. That, that, that franchise is a mess. I feel very bad for their fans. Uh, they have since started to piece things together. But even still, everyone looks at the Senators as a joke now, even though they're having a good year, because of all of this is still fresh in everyone's minds. It's going to take years for them to rebuild oh, yeah. their reputation. It's going to take years for them to get a free agent to sign there other than a guy who isn't already clinging to life support in an NHL career. You know? So, and I mean, like, it, it, it just, it was one thing after another. It felt like every single week, someone, it, you know what it felt like? It felt like this coaching thing. It was like one thing happened, and it was like every day you went on Twitter, and it was like, yeah, so the general manager uh, was harassing some uh, poor young girl at a restaurant. Oh, okay. Mm. That sounds good. Yeah. And it was like a week later, it's like, hey, by the way, this fan got uh, their neck injured at the game because a giant balloon fell on her. What? Oh, the lights went out at the rink tonight.
2: Hmm.
1: What, they didn't pay the fucking hydro bill? Like, what's going on? We didn't even talk about the uh, two straight years of
0: wondering um, what oh, top five draft God. pick they're going to be giving up to the Avalanche because yeah. that was in itself a disaster. But, yeah, yeah endless, uh, endless headlines when it came to the Ottawa Senators this past year and a half. Uh, number seven, November twelfth, two 2018, the NHL... Reaches a tentative agreement with uh, a lawsuit involving former players uh, based around the concussion CTE uh, issue. Uh, Over 300 retired players uh, jumped in on this. uh, You know, put their name down and and said, you know, we we want to fight this. And the the NHL knew what was going on. They didn't advise us of the risks of uh, you know concussions. Uh, You know the Guys that are battling, you know, symptoms to this day that uh, have piling medical bills. And uh, at the end of all of this, after uh, five years of legal and uh, lawyers and, 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 and everything involved with it, um, each player uh, received $22,000. And uh, that, uh, that was it. We haven't heard about it since um obviously there's there's some guys that didn't want to take this element but the entire lawsuit kind of kind of hinged on you know one act, class action lawsuit uh where, wherein that this was you know one entity and and you know you either took it or you didn't and and to some guys yeah $22,000 was a lot of money and you know kind of helped them with their medical bills and and uh was you know I guess enough for them to close the book on this but for many more um a lot of questions remained uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, issues still being raised uh, people still you know calling out against the league about you know their handling of CTE and and uh, the NHL still not taking any responsibility not not declaring that this is an issue not saying that we're, we were at fault at any point for any of this um, definitely one of the darker issues of the decade and um, hard to say if there's any future involved with, with where this goes, but for now it's it's kind of, I guess, a closed closed story, and you know, I, I hope the, the league does better by its players uh, as, as time moves on here.
1: All I really have to say on the issue is I've always felt this way, and I don't think anything will change my mind, is uh, good on the players for organizing this and, and trying to seek some sort of retribution. And uh, I, I, I guess my I would say that my support is with them in any future endeavors in regard to that.
0: Hmm. Um, the last three events on our list happened uh, this year. So it's been a busy year. Uh, we picked a good time to make a podcast, as you pointed out earlier. Uh, March 31st, 2019. Or a bad time, really. Uh, depends how you look it's at it. Depends le- how you look at these events. Uh, it's yeah. been
1: less fun lately. No, it hasn't. I mean, like, I'm having fun. But, you know... There's been.
0: Uh, it was more fun when we were making fun of the senator. There's been than it less, was when we were talking about. Yeah, coaches there's harassed. been less
1: Benny Hill music yeah. and you know, uh, Home Improvement jokes lately. Exactly.
0: Um, March thirty first, twenty nineteen, the Canadian Women's Hockey League shuts down, uh, folds uh, one week after its uh, champion was uh, declared, um, and we are left with. I don't even know if you want to call it one women's league because the best players on earth aren't yeah. participating. Um, signaled uh, a white flag of sorts in the women's game. And uh, we still don't really know where um, this is all going to end up. Uh, again, this was just mere months ago that this took place. Um, the international level, Canada, U.S., as ever, uh, the women are out there battling and, and, you know, fighting for, uh, glory on the international stage, but there's, there still remains no definitive league. Um, and, uh, good on the women for, you know, sticking up against the league and, and trying to, to form better, you know, uh, provisions for themselves and their, their families and, and, uh, try to make a career out of this. But, uh. It's just a, it is a total shame to see a, a league fold at any level um, due to you know insufficient access to, yeah. to, to funds and uh, ability to pay their players properly and
1: yeah yeah well it's stupid how do how do you expect these athletes to put their best foot forward and um, you know honestly come to the rink every night and try to compete as hard as they can when you know. And a night may come one day during the season where you know your star forward decides that she's going to go work her fucking part-time bartending job because she's going to make more fucking money than going to her hockey game, and she doesn't want to risk losing this other job because
0: she broke you know the team. hockey
1: game is more the hobby job than it is the actual money maker. Like that's that's pathetic. Yeah, it's ridiculous and it's unfair to them. And and to be quite honest with you, like I, I've said it and I've been thinking about it more and more a lot lately, as every week goes by, is, yeah, I would completely support a women's league, and I'm actually really interested to see one. I I, I would really like to get into one, but it's going to hinge on them making an effort to try to get these best players in the world to want to play, and it's going to hinge on me actually being able to watch the best players in the world play Mm -hmm. the game, because that's what I want to see. So, you know, I I, I would say, as time has gone on with this, a a lot of them have... uh, Have made more of their opinion known, and I've gotten to go or gotten to know their personalities a little bit more just hearing what some of them have to say. And, um, you know, Natalie Spooner was on Hockey Central last week, and I don't know if we ever end up talking about it on the podcast yet. She was great. I think that they should do everything in their power to throw as much money and opportunity at her uh, in the short term until she's back on the ice on a full time basis because she is unbelievable. In the uh, in the studio as an analyst I think she's great yeah and you know so like she like she's gained a fan in me uh, gotten to know a lot more about candle coin in the last year Renata fast like a lot of these girls have have come out and um, you know made their personalities and desires a little more open and and I think it's it's helped market their game even while they're not playing I think it's it's you know they a lot of them have gained a fan in me and I, I'm very interested to see a league finally come together. I'm
0: point. not going to lie to you. Like you talked about uh, uh, Natalie Spooner there. Uh, I remember watching the the um, Clarkson Cup uh, this past season, mm-hmm. and uh, I I I almost went out and bought a Natalie Spooner. I was looking for a Natalie Spooner jersey online. Like I'm, I'm a jersey fan. She's awesome. And yeah, she's, like, she's cool. I I was on board, and it, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't to say that you know like. No, I don't watch every you know CWHL game, but it's it was enough to to make me go out there and say like this is this is good, this is a you know fun product. I'm interested, like you know let's jump on board here. And a week later they're shutting down, mm-hmm. and it it just goes to show how quick things can move. And uh, unfortunately we're still waiting, but uh, you know obviously like you said all the best to them, and and I look forward to seeing uh, what's next,
1: yeah, and, well, and hopefully there's something out there worth watching. They've got my full support because it's it's it's. It's uh, impractical to ask the world from them, but give them nothing. You know, and uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, uh, we've reached uh, Brutes' favorite day of the year of 2019, uh, November 11th, <laughs> Remembrance Day, the uh, the day that Donald S. Cherry was taken off the air. Yeah, whatever. By uh,
1: Sportsnet. Yeah, it's you nice. Know, it's nice to hear a happy story for once. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really care. Like uh, at the end of the day, you know. Uh, now that the smoke's cleared a little bit, basically, what I'll say is, um, obviously, he contributed a lot to hockey night in Canada over the years. Hockey in Canada, um, you know, and he did a lot for for kids and um, charities and things like that. You know, like it's it's not like he's a bad guy and deserves to be villainized or anything like that. Um, but what it was is is this issue divided a lot of people and got you know maybe the extremes out of people where um, you know you, you heard people who necessarily weren't a Don Cherry supporter and disagreed with what he said were starting to pile on him. You heard their fans that or his fans that maybe you hadn't heard from in years and maybe he watched no more than a coach's corner a month or two type thing, kind of rushing to his defense and. You know what I will say is that this is obviously an issue where it was time for him to go, but it it, it was a huge story at the time. It, it's still, you know, the smoke is cleared, but you, We're still, still, see, it week after you week. still see. You still
0: see. Like, what are they doing first yeah, intermission? We don't exactly. know. No one knows. Yeah, they don't even know. Sometimes. Yeah,
1: he's since moved on and started his own podcast. Good for him. I, I haven't listened to it. I don't plan to. But yeah, um, he, he's he's a guy that uh, he doesn't I think, listen to mine I either. Think, uh, I don't think so.
0: I think you can. Honestly say He he loves the sport Yeah And, and I, I got no ill will For anyone that loves the sport But Not everyone that loves the sport Needs a platform Needs a voice And Yeah I think it was long overdue All the best to him You know You know like moving forward He had his He had his moment He did his good He had his moments That weren't so good And I'm glad that we don't have to Go through any more of those Because mm-hmm. The highs weren't worth the lows anymore So no. Um Number 10, uh, November 20th, 2019, uh, Mike Babcock let go by the Toronto Maple Leafs led to what we are still experiencing as the NHL coaching scandal. Um, I mentioned it. We talked a little bit about it earlier uh, when we got into the Montgomery, DeBoer stuff, uh, Mark Crawford as well. Don't really need to add too much to this really we you know it is what it is we've we've been talking about oh, the it's last ongoing episodes yeah, it's ongoing and you know it's going to stretch
1: into 2020 to stretch into maybe 2021 like this is going to be a huge thing you know we didn't even talk about this week and i don't really think there is a need to the nhl uh unveiling their new code of conduct for coaches and and employee employees of teams and um you know it's kind of hilarious to think that all this stuff was not in place to begin with for a league that's supposedly a a major professional sports league. Um, but I think they're 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 trying. They're going to do their best to, to do right by a lot of these guys that were wronged in the past. And, uh, you know, I, in one way, kind of hope that we hear more stories about some situations where players were wrong. And in another way, I don't want to hear more because I want to think that there isn't more. But the reality is there obviously is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, unfortunate, uh, a really shitty way to cap off the decade i guess and uh seems to be the ongoing theme here we got uh you know we got 13 days here to find a, a better a better way to ring out 2019 and, and hopefully we got some good news for you moving forward um and uh as i'm as i'm sure all well, leaves uh, are money i'll take that that's a good and one i need a few more of those so. yeah um yeah that that yeah, is yeah you got to
1: love when it's december 17th and the TSN panel puts up a question, um, who has a better chance of making the playoffs, Buffalo or Toronto? That's where we're at. Yeah. Love it. It's good stuff.
0: Um, yeah, it's our top 10 off off-ice moments of the past decade. Uh, we'll be back, uh, the rest of the month with top 10 moments from the decade, looking mm-hmm. back on various categories. Um, and, uh, I think that that just about does it for our, our episode here today. Uh, Unless you've got any plugs or shout outs or Christmas well-wishes for any of our viewers. Ooh,
1: well, I mean, this isn't our last episode before Christmas. I should mention that. Um, you know, we were late this week. I do apologize on that. That was more uh, my fault than it was James's. Um, I will say that we will have an episode next week. What I am expecting it to be. And another reason why, you know, it kind of made sense to push this episode back a little bit into this week. We're not expecting a ton... Of major news between now and when we record the next episode, because of the time of year, this is tends to be a slower week in terms of hockey news. Uh, that said, I am sure that Matthew Barzell has been traded to the Philadelphia Flyers. While I've been saying this, roster but,
0: freeze on Friday, so we'll see what happens. Yep. But, uh, yep. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. No, there...
1: next next week we are expecting uh, we are expecting a guest. We are expecting to do our next top 10, and we are expecting to do a World Junior preview. So it is going to be a jam-packed week, and I'm really kind of hoping that nothing else happens. Yeah. Because we're looking to have fun. And that episode uh, sounds fun. Yeah. And I'm not really looking to talk about, you know, someone's coach hit him in the back of the head last night or something, you know? If we were to add the
0: Taylor Hall trade to that week's episode, it would have been just, you know, a two-parter. you got to listen to that one in two parts. That's, uh, your, that's
1: your boxing day right there. Did we spend more than six minutes on it this week? I don't even know if we did. I don't know. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so uh, that's the episode. Birds is going to tell you where you can find us because I can't remember that. Yeah, nonsense. I was kind
1: of waiting for you to just go into that. I was yeah. wondering if you were going to uh, do it.
0: Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google, Google, Zon, Amma, Play, Spanish, Portugal, Radio Stations.
1: Oh. Oh can't even get the portugal radio
0: portuguese route. portugal radio stations um
1: yeah it's not it right i got them all i no, but that, that that's fine whatever if you're listening to us you know where to find us if you're not listening to us then go to hell that's Follow what i that's on, the way i um, see
0: it twit bug all right insta yeah. face
1: no i'm i'm done
2: i'm telling you this place is perfect you're gonna make friends in no time yes, no! Ah! get me Dad, leave us alone. Black light, see you on the far side. My mind said, I'm all about your confidence, so don't go shot on me. Bird light, see you deep in your eyes. Say stealing all my confidence so don't take that from me we don't need no privacy eyes wide open watching me we don't need no walls to be low be but we never should have come here again Watching me, we don't need no walls to be alone, be alone. But we never should have come here looking so low.